0: The following sermon was delivered on Sunday, October 20th, 2019, at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation in Andover by the Reverend Callie Fire. The title of the sermon is, Coming Home. Here begins the sermon. Our desire for connection and love runs deep, so much so that we may compromise who we are in order to belong. If we do not accept and love ourselves, if we don't belong to ourselves, how can we truly belong anywhere else? As Rochelle. Our sense of belonging weaves our identity with who and what is around us. We belong where we are included. We belong with those who welcome us and help us feel whole. We belong where we are most comfortable. We look outside of ourselves to who and where we belong. Even the most introverted of us have a sense of community, of family, of tribe, if you will. Starhawk tells us this is the place where there are people to whom we can speak with passion without having the words catch in our throats. Somewhere a circle of hands will open to receive us, eyes will light up as we enter, Voices will celebrate with us whenever we come into our power. Community means strength that joins our strength to do the work that needs to be done. Arms to hold us when we falter, a circle of healing, a circle of friends, somewhere we can be free. Community is the nature of being human. And yet, even in the midst of community, many of us experience times of feeling out of sync, disinterested, impatient, some way just not quite right, without being able to name what right is. These times can often coincide with the busyness in our lives. Rushing to and fro to keep deadlines, to beat the traffic, to make the promotion and still get home for dinner or in time to catch part of a child's sporting event or school event. It's not wrong to be productive. We need to earn a living, we need to take care of our families and invest in our own health. But exhaustion happens when in the moments that we have free time we get caught up in the habit of busying ourselves with whatever comes our way and feeling a short-lived satisfaction of crossing a lot of things off of that to-do list things that ultimately leave us unfulfilled with no time devoted to our bigger priorities, our dreams. And we have no time or energy for finding connection in real ways, so we substitute social media for community. This disconnection could also lead to a certain kind of sadness, which, Robert, which Father Robert Spitzer calls existential anxiety it refers to the absence of the sacred in modern life, which can heighten anxiety about existence, meaning, and reality. The symptoms are similar to compassion fatigue, which is usually attributed to healthcare professionals. However, with our lives overloaded with tasks and responsibilities, as well as our news channels and social media broadcasting endless streams of stories about discord, suffering, and tragedy, experts are seeing a growing trend outside of caring and service work of compassion fatigue. Psychology today lists some of these symptoms as blaming others for their suffering, isolating yourself, loss of pleasure in life, bottling up your emotions, feelings of hopelessness or powerlessness, frequent complaining about your work or your life beginning to receive a lot of complaints about your work or your attitude, poor self-care, and even denial. In fact, according to the Compassion Fatigue Awareness Project, (sighs) denial is one of the most detrimental symptoms because it prevents those who are experiencing compassion fatigue from accurately assessing how fatigued and stressed they actually are. Being busy has become a cultural badge for, of honor for I'm important, or I matter, or I don't have time right now. But what are the consequences of getting caught up in a culture of rush, 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 and the denial of our own stress? Poet and theologian John O'Donohue tells us, when the rhythm of the heart becomes hectic, time takes on the strain until it breaks, And then all unattended stress falls on the mind like an endless, increasing weight. The light in the mind becomes dim. Things you could take in stride before now become laborsome events of will. Weariness invades your spirit. Gravity begins falling inside you, dragging down every bone. The tide you never valued has gone out and you are marooned on unsure ground. Researcher Brené Brown has spent years studying and interviewing people about the things that really matter. Vulnerability, courage, worthiness, and shame. So much of these characteristics are tied up in the concept of belonging. When she asks what people are worried about and trying to achieve, it was the idea of belonging that was most important. She writes... Belonging is the innate human desire to be a part of something larger than us. Because this yearning is so primal, we often try to acquire it by fitting in and seeking approval, which are not only hollow substitutes for belonging, but are often barriers to it. Because true belonging only happens when we present our authentic, imperfect selves to the world. Our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. We are marooned and disconnected, lonely. Our belief in connection is constantly challenged and severed, creating and reinforcing a fear of our own vulnerability. We are more divided today than we have been as a society. We are a collective of us versus them Groups sorted in ways that cut us off from real human connection. We have all seen this in ourselves and others, right? We can see this fear at the root of our division. We are bombarded daily with messages about who we should fear and what we should blame for our problems. Our fears are being magnified and leveraged by larger national conversations. Brené Brown asserts that when we operate from this base of fear, we more easily compromise our values. As Unitarian Universalists, we often speak of our principles and our sources, but less so about the values which undergird those. Values like compassion, love, acceptance, empathy, forgiveness, grace, dignity. Our values are key to maintaining authentic human connection. But when we align ourselves into factions, we define the others into non-human identities along political and ideological lines. Soon, however, Democrats versus Republicans become snowflakes versus deplorables, liberals versus Nazis. All of this rhetoric serves to strip away recognizable humanity Returning to Brené Brown, dehumanizing and holding people accountable are mutually exclusive. Humiliation and dehumanizing are not accountability or social justice tools. They are emotional offloading at best, emotional self-indulgence at worst. And if our faith asks us to find the face of God, or the face of the divine or the sacred, if it's easier for you, find the face of God in everyone we meet, that should include the politicians, the media, the strangers on Twitter with whom we most violently disagree. When we desecrate their divinity, we desecrate our own and we betray our faith. Through her research, Brown tells us that it takes courage to face our fears and bring our true selves into relationships. That, paradoxically, is through our willingness to risk rejection that we live authentically, with dignity and with self-respect. But if we have gotten to disconnection through our busyness, what are our options? Learning to live a value-driven life isn't as simple as having more free time. Coming home to our own authenticity, to a sense of belonging to ourselves requires greater self-awareness clarity, commitment, and self-compassion. Start with your own self-care. Make taking care of yourself a priority so that by taking care of you, you are better equipped to care for your loved ones. Remember, put on your own oxygen mask first. While there may be areas out of your control, you do have the power to design and simplify your routine to fit you. When stress is high, focus on getting enough sleep, eating healthy whole foods to fuel your body, and get some regular exercise, even if all that is is walking away from your desk at lunch for 10 or 15 minutes. In The Power of Myth, Joseph Campbell said everyone should build a bliss station, You must have a room or a certain hour or so in a day where you don't know what is in the newspaper that morning, you don't know who who your friends are, you don't know what what you owe anybody, you don't know what anybody owes you. This is a place where you can simply experience and bring forth who you are and what you are and what you might be. This is the place of creative incubation a corner chair with some spiritual books and a tea and a plant. At first you may find nothing happens there, but if you have a sacred place and use it, something eventually will happen. Note that Campbell says you must have a room or a certain hour. A bliss station cannot just be a where, but also a when. Not just to create a sacred space, but also a sacred time. This time and space can involve a meditation practice, a creative process that you love, art, music, writing, crafting, yoga, an activity, a physical thing. Also use this space to create some spiritual priorities, things that feed your soul. Ask yourself, what matters most to me in my life? Perhaps it's relationships, health, meaningful work, or spirituality. Without the distractions of a busy mind, what we truly care becomes clear. Try to focus some time on at least one of these priorities every day. What are the things, what are the ways outside of work that you fill your time with and crowd out these priorities? Things that you later regret or that make you tired? Can you say no to some of these activities, to preference your dreams? Commitments like not immediately reaching for your phone whenever you have a free moment alone may help you feel less busy and keep your mind clear and focused. And cut yourself some slack in this process as well. Breaking the impulse to constantly check messages reading yet another news article on the same topic, or whatever perpetuates your busyness habit, can feel awkward and anxiety-provoking. It's not easy. So having self-compassion can help you stay on track when it feels hard not to be busy and acknowledges the difficulty in changing habits. In our social connections, Azriel Richel tells us that true belonging is a calling. It asks us to get messy, to walk into the fray, to soften the hard edges of life instead of shying away. It asks us to dig into our own psyche and to discover the deepest fears and to meet our most vulnerable selves. We only really enter into life when we cast off the anchor, leave what is comfortable and familiar behind, and sail into the unknown. Brené Brown discovered in her extensive research that there are four powerful elements of truly belonging. People are hard to hate close up, so move in. Speak truth to bullshit. Be civil. Hold hands with strangers. Have a strong back, a soft front, and a wild heart. There is intense power in these options. These four elements, she says, are a daily practice even while at the same time feeling like a paradox. Yet imagine the world we could create if we all practiced true belonging and lived from these four elements. Becoming reconnected and anchored to our own authenticity can give us the strength for the true belonging that Brené Brown asserts to be among those people who have the courage to stand alone when called to do that. People willing to maintain their integrity and risk disconnection in order to stand up for what they believe in.